Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at NortonSimon.org. You have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from Alleist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes, too, when you donate now at LAist.com slash sweeps. LAist Studios. My mom helps me out with these events for Dia de los Muertos. These little kids come up and she's like, hey, you want to decorate the sugar skulls? He's like a little five-year-old, blonde with blue eyes. He's like, oh yeah, we learned about this and gave this whole little speech to my mom. And my mom was like, wow, growing up, I never had that. I was never taught any of this, like at all. This has evolved massively within the last eight years. From LA Studios, this is How to LA. We're gonna get our hands dirty. You put too much flour. You killed the bones. I'm Brian De Los Santos. And I'm Gab Chabran. So Gab, I know you have a story idea for me. What are we doing today? Yeah, Brian, if you remember a couple months back, we did our Concha episode, which was so much fun. And yummy. And yummy. And it got me to start thinking about our traditions and our pasts. And so I decided to come to you with the idea about going all over Los Angeles and learn about different traditions associated with Dia de los Muertos. Ooh, I love that idea because growing up, I didn't really have the other dead around me. So tell me more about your connection. Day of the Dead has always been a large part of my life. I don't know if I've ever told you this before, but... I actually attended a Spanish Saturday school growing up. So I would go to school on Saturdays and learn about different Mexican and Latin American traditions. I'm going to date myself here. This was back in the 90s. But uh, so it wasn't as prevalent as it is today. I do feel like it's such an L.A. holiday, though, because there's so many Mexicans and Mexican-Americans here that have brought the color of Dia de los Muertos to the city. Yeah, definitely. We see things at Target, little skulls all over the place in this time of year. So I really thought it was a good opportunity to kind of dig deeper how to L.A. style. I love that. We're going to try a little bit of food. We're going to learn about some cultural traditions. And we're going to talk to some interesting players doing their own take on the celebration this year. The first stop is Islo Sweets, a sweet shop within a sweet shop that Laura Martinez runs inside of LA Central Bakery or La Central Bakery. I'm not sure which it is, but it's a panaderia. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, this panaderia is giving pan dulce smell, which is one of my favorite smells ever. You can smell the sugar, you smell the pan, you even smell like the huaraches that they're cooking. This is roughly, I want to say like 250, 275 sugar skulls with decorative flowers, pink, blue, red, yellow, and orange. My name is Laura Martinez and we're here at Islo Sweets. And they come in different sizes, right? These are like the, the smaller ones, right? These are, yes, all the small ones. And then I'll get you the large one. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. The whole, the whole head. <laughs> it's the whole head. And we should also point out they're not ones you eat, right? I mean, these are these are purely decorative. You can't eat them. Yeah, you of can, course. I've seen people eat them. I've seen sure. adults eat them, which okay. is kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell us about like the significance of the sugar skull. How are they used? You know, where would you find them? So when you do altars at home or in cemeteries, you decorate it um, for the other los muertos. One of their main aspects of it is decorating it with skulls, sugar skulls. So you would find these in homes, cemeteries. I believe I've been doing skulls for, I want to say like 12, 12 or 13 years now. But I didn't grow up making them. I was like 22. My brother had gotten in touch with the people at Self Help Graphics because we sold Pan de Muerto at their uh, Day of the Dead event. I liked the sugar skulls. They were always something curious to me, and like I was intrigued by them. I remember seeing them, and I was like, well, I can make that look 10 times prettier because the ones that they import are very... They're mass-produced, and they all have the same detail. They all have the same decoration. The following year, and just started making skulls. I made a Hello Kitty one. I made a Frankenstein. And I put them in the front and like they were selling for like a quarter. <laughs> With self-help graphics, when they did the altar for the trans and queers lives, yeah. they wanted the colors of the trans flag, light pink, light blue, and the white. What other designs do you have coming up for this year? Um, the burnout is real. That's a statement, and I'm pretty sure a lot of bakers out there can relate to it. So this is five pounds of sugar, meringue powder, and I'm gonna mix it, and then I'm gonna add a couple of drops of water. This would probably make 15, 18 of ish, give or take. It smells like candy. I can't smell it. So scoop it in yeah, first? Yeah, can scoop it in. Okay. I don't know if I hit it hard enough. <laughs> you have to do it fast. <laughs> He's cute. For the first time, that's like a good eight. An eight? All right, I'll take it. He's not perfect like any of them. It's true. <laughs> can I try another one? Yeah. All right. So Laura obviously is a pro and she makes them pretty quickly. When you're doing them, Gob, what did you think? What did you feel? <laughs> like they kind of came out not perfect the first time. It's a lot of work, you know? Uh, you know, you literally have to like kind of smash them down onto this big metal table, you know? It's it's a very tactile sensation. She's a pro. She makes it look easy, you know? It took me a few times to get it sort of okay, but I had such a great time. You know, I was a little surprised when she said she didn't really grow up with this tradition, given that she's kind of a master at this very specific thing that's so associated with the holiday as far as that goes. But I don't know, did you kind of relate to that, given somebody who hasn't really celebrated the holiday before? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, later in life, you start realizing things of your culture or of your own communities, and you kind of pick and choose what makes sense for you. And I feel like she seems so excited to show us what she does. And I love that she has a spin onto it with um, traditional colors, but also the colors she chose. And to me, that is making something that's traditionally from your country of origin or your parents' country of origin, and you make it your own. And I think that's what's beautiful about this experience. 
when you make an altar, it's very personal. The fact that they allow me to be a part of like something so personal to them, it's very touching because I don't know them, but they have me be a part of their celebration and like preserve memories they have with their loved ones, even if it's just putting a small little sugar skull of mine on their altar. After the break? Even this part, she made look easy. I'm struggling here. It's sticking. God, what are you doing, dude? Gab and I are going to get our hands dirty, making some treats that are perfect for an ofrenda or dipping in your cafe. Then we'll meet a master altar maker to learn a little bit more about the history of this holiday. So stick around. Support for LAS comes from Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center, presenting the world premiere of Mix Mix, The Filipino Adventures of a German Jewish Boy by Boney B. Alvarez. Inspired by true events from the life of Ralph Price. After escaping Nazi Germany, a newfound tropical refuge in the Philippines is upended when Japan invades the islands. On stage through June 16th. Tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. Support for LAist comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies, held on select Fridays in May. Each film touches upon Spanish artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro and The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie by Luis Buñuel. Screenings are at 4.30 p.m. on four consecutive Fridays starting May 10th. More information at nortonsimon.org. Okay, Brian, we're here. Welcome to La Monarca. All right. I mean, no shade, but why'd you bring me here? It's a little bit corporate, Bob. Oh, come on. Yes, there are panaderias all over the place, but La Monarca is a great chain here in L.A. that does some beautiful work, and they offered to give us some special access today. Nice to meet you. My name's Yvonne Martinez. Nice to meet you. So here at La Monarca, we focus on all natural ingredients, okay? Everything is by hand. As we all know, el pan de muerto has a significance. There's a history where they place it on our ofrendas, but you could still enjoy it with your loved ones. You know, you could eat it with your cafe, your chocolate, you could enjoy it yourself. The round shape is the circle of life. And the huesitos reminds of the bones of our loved ones. We'll show you the process so you'll see exactly what I mean by the huesitos. And those go on top, right? And on top of our pan de muerto in the shape of an X. What's part of the process you love so much? So after we take it out the oven, we brush it with butter, melted butter. We let it sit for a couple of minutes, and then we shower it with sugar. That's when you know you're about to eat it. It's finished. <laughs> Have you ever come across anybody that's like, oh, I'm going to get a pan de muerto for now, and then I'm going to take a few home for the ofrenda later on? Yes. Yes. A lot of people get that one because they're like, oh, uno para rato, uno para mañana, y uno para la noche. <laughs> one for today, one for later on, and one for tomorrow. Brian, guess what? I think we're actually going to get to make pan de muerto today. I've never made pan de muerto, so I'm so excited. I finally get to do something with you on the pod, with my hands. It's our first cooking segment. Hey, woo! This is the dough, the bolitas de pan de muerto. This is before we put it inside the proofer and before it's the perfect size for us to bake it. And this one, it's made out of the same dough as the pan de muerto, but this is for our huesitos, okay? The huesitos is the tricky part because even with me, they don't come out too perfect. 
But one of my um, coworkers is actually going to come and teach you guys how to do huesitos the right way. So you grab the smaller bolitas and you make sure to cut it in four. So she's going to do multiple so we could all give it a try. Okay, so right now what she did was that she sprinkled some flour on top of it so it doesn't stick to your hands. She uses her first, her hand, her fingers, the yeah. fingertips. So she's, basically what she's doing is she's getting the floured piece of dough and rolling it out onto the surface and then she's separating her fingers as she rolls it out yeah. to make these small indentations uh, to make the, the bone shape. Yeah, that's how Wasito comes out. So you guys want to give it a try? It's like we're playing with Play-Doh. Yeah, it's like you're playing with Play-Doh. Once it's big enough, you use the indentation. Yeah. This is not doing it for it's me. It's hard, huh? Yeah. It's fine. So we can try more. Pressure? Oh, this is not happening. Oh, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. How, how does she make it look so easy? <laughs> can I start over? I can start over. Yeah, right? Right. You're cheating, dog. You're cheating. <laughs> you can't use two hands, just one. Even this part, she made look easy. I'm struggling here. It's sticking. God, what are you doing, dude? This is not easy. After placing the huesitos on top of our pan de muerto, we're gonna go ahead and put it inside the oven. Let it bake for 14 minutes. When it's done baking, we take it out, let it cool down. After it finishes to cool down, we're gonna go ahead and spread butter on top, melted butter. And then we're gonna go ahead and give it a shower of sugar. I didn't know what to expect as we were making it because it looks so bland, but these are really yummy. That's right. It's so soft. That's some fresh part of the right there. So I feel like part of this message of doing this ourselves is that there's so much process that goes into making the gifts or the ofrendas for the altares that people make and put in their homes, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a very laborious and painstaking process, but that's what we do for the people that we love. And I think it's a great symbol of that. And we wanted to understand a little bit more about what the ceremonial offerings, like the sugar skulls or the pan de muerto, represent. So we sat down with one of LA's most celebrated altar makers. Mi nombre es Aldo Cruz, mejor conocido como Sicaru Cruz. Es mi nombre como Mushi. This is Aldo. He is a master altar maker, and his work has been featured at Hollywood Forever for many, many years now. Yeah, y también uh, yo observaba mucho. Mi mamá tenía mucha devoción. Tomé mucho el amor a, a un altar. So the way that he fell in love with making and building altars, altares, was because of his mom. And his mom had really close ties with their own traditions. Although, in your opinion, is Day of the Dead an indigenous ceremony slash celebration slash holiday? Or is it more of the Western traditions? Or is it a combination of both? Uh, mira. So this is definitely a pre-Hispanic tradition before the conquistadors landed in Mexico and other regions of the world. And so their main kind of like um, tradition at that moment, he explains, is uh, honoring Mother Earth. So the ofrenda was filled with things of the earth, so people, what people ate, you know, like fruits um, and um, maize. Es la mezcla entre las dos culturas. Aldo explains how, like, his Oaxacan ancestors had to kind of, like, 
blend the two traditions together. Pero para nosotros es es convivir con nuestros seres queridos, recordarlos con amor, eh, con cariño. Y se dice que... For him, this Day of the Dead is particularly special because his mom died last year, right after Day of the Dead. And so this is his first year honoring her with an altar and actually at Hollywood Forever Cemetery where he's going to be participating in an event. So for him, Day of the Dead means love, connection, friendship, and honoring his loved ones who are not here anymore. It's saying goodbye to your loved ones. And then you kind of say hello again through your ofrenda. Yeah, I found that really relatable. Um, it always feels like things happen to us in life, but we're always kind of struggling to make the time for them. And I think that celebration like Dia de los Muertos allows us for that time to sort of reflect, you know, and mourn and celebrate all at the same time, you know, and really kind of connect with those feelings that we don't always have time to do uh, throughout our daily lives. And something we do have to talk about this episode is that, yes, Halloween is around the same time Dia de los Muertos is celebrated, but they're not the same. And Aldo was so strong in that opinion that do not mix the two together. They come from different traditions. And that for him, Day of the Dead is a special type of celebration. What I think that's really interesting about Dia de los Muertos is that there's this feeling of sort of collective grief. In a way, it kind of demystifies death a little bit, you know? Growing up in the United States, we're taught death is a scary thing. It's a sad thing, you know? But it's very much a part of life. Before we said goodbye, Aldo told us about this song from Oaxaca. Él cría esa canción en un momento. Él muere en una zona precaria. It says that a, a year ago, he heard this mariachi play this song that in the Oaxacan culture is usually played at funerals or when someone, you know, um, dies. And he says the next day his mom died. ¿Cómo se llama esta canción? Es un vals del maestro Macedonio Alcalá. Se llama El Dios Nunca Muere. The song says... Muere el sol en los montes con la luz que agoniza, pues el mundo pues la vida en su prisa nos conduce a morir. The sun dies in the mountains with its light fading because life in its haste leads us to death. So we had sugar skulls making, we had a chat with an altarista, and we made pan de muerto. What other stuff goes into an altar? Because it's it could be very elaborate, it could be very simple as well. Yeah, um, sometimes I've seen uh, for pets, you know, uh, maybe they'll put their pet's ashes or maybe like a, a collar or like a treat or something like that. Oh. 
What I also love too is that uh, if the person liked alcohol, you know, they'll get like their favorite botella, you know. I like un to mezcalito. put un mezcalito or my grandfather who was Puerto Rican, I like to put a, a bottle of rum, you Ooh. know. Um, I've seen people put cigarettes too as well, you know. If, um, if the person had a disability or an injury, you know, they might put like a wheelchair or a crutch or something like that, you know. It's, I think in a way, you know, it's really kind of who you're honoring, you know, to the best of your abilities to kind of show, you know, who this person was and what they were about. If it's your first time making an ofrenda, you know, it doesn't need to be super elaborate, you know. That's something that you can maybe work towards, you know. Even if it's just a little corner or a cabinet or something like that, you know, that's okay. Really, it's all about honoring the traditions and remembering our loved ones. And that's pretty much it. And if you're celebrating your loved ones this weekend, we just wish you a special time with your family and friends. Thank you to Laura Martinez of Islos Sweets, Aldo Cruz, and the folks at La Monarca. Thanks to our food editor, Gab Shabrat. This episode was produced by Evan Jacoby. Our other team members are Monica Bushman, Megan Botel, Victoria Alejandro, and Erica Washington. Our engineer is Hasmik Pagosian. Our executive producer is Megan Larson, and I'm your host, Brian De Los Santos. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. Stay tuned for my new novel. It's going to be called Crying in Northgate. No, I'm just kidding. Is it, oh. <laughs> that being serious? The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.